You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Here's your host, Tia McNelly. You are listening to Season 3, Episode 5 of The Collected Podcast. As always, I'm joined by our producer and co-host, Jess Biondo. Hi, Jess. Hello. It's so good to be back and to be at our last episode of 2020. I can't believe it. I know. We made it through the year, and we have an awesome guest to round out this year and get us looking with hope and positivity into 2021. Um, So I'm so excited to introduce Hannah Brencher. She's the author of Fighting for... Forward, your nitty gritty guide to beating the lies that hold you back. So and good. I cannot wait to hear what she has to say about her book and her story and just the way that she's seen God show up unexpectedly in her life um, to get her where she is today. Yes. So here is our conversation with Hannah. Hannah, welcome to the Collective Podcast. I am so excited to get a chance to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Good. Hey, so as we kind of jump into learning a little bit about what you've been up to recently, will you catch us up to speed on kind of like your life up to now and and who you are, where you are, what you're about? Yeah. Um, so I am, I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a writer, an author, a speaker. I founded a company called More Love Letters, which is a global love letter writing company. And that kind of laid the foundation for what I do now, which is a lot of different, like really getting to write books that encourage people to live their best lives, to seek God, all of the things that I love. Um, I live here in Atlanta with my husband and my um, daughter, Novali. She is seven months old. And, and she so, is so stinking cute. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she's so fun. I mean, she's having a, a rough day right now. Oh. Teething is definitely, um, I feel for them. I can't even imagine what it feels like yeah. to have like teeth coming through your gum. Yeah, but for sure. Um, well, I want to tell yeah. you, I'm a, I consider myself a connoisseur of babies. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm a little bit obsessed with babies. Yeah, your child is one of the cutest I've seen. I'm not just saying that. I was a labor and delivery nurse, so I've seen a lot of babies. So you know that. Oh, I, I love that. So I mean, cute. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I told my mom, and I was like, "I hope she's cute." You know, my mom is like, "All babies are cute," and I'm like, "Have not you true. ever seen a picture of something like?" Not the cutest baby. No, not at all. All babies are a gift from God for sure, but she has so much life, personality. She's always happy except for right now. Um, And she's just so sweet. We've just like loved life with her. She fits right into the family. So So you're a new mom. I'm a new mom. And uh, we also have a rescue pup here that wasn't here a year ago or... um, And yeah, just loving life here in Atlanta. And that's, that's really me. Okay. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Connecticut. So East Coaster and I don't even know. I just feel like it was totally God that I even moved to Atlanta. Um, That was definitely not anything that was on my radar, but um, he really showed me all the ways to root down and build a life here. So yeah. Okay. 
So kind of an unexpected turn of events moving to Atlanta. Yeah, I didn't even know Atlanta was like a city up until, (laughs) you know, like you think of Atlanta and you're like, oh, I know, you know, like it's never on your radar. Yeah. 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 It's in the South. I I had no clue that I was going to want to move to Atlanta and I did. And, and make no mistake when you move somewhere to a new place, like it's not easy. It's not romantic. It's not like all the movies make it seem it's very lonely and hard, but um, I'm so thankful I stayed because if I didn't stay, I'd be missing out. I think on like so much of what God had for me here. And I just love our life here in Atlanta. So we're very thankful. That's awesome. Well, so how exactly did you kind of come into the work that you're doing? And when did you know, or how did you know that you are doing the work you were made for? You know, I think, so I started a blog when I was in college and that was back when like blogging was like the thing, you know? And at that time, blogs like very much had their niche. Like you were either a food blogger or a fashion blogger. And I just remember being like, I kind of just want to like show up and encourage people. Like, I don't want it to be about me. I just, that was always my resistance to starting a blog. It's like, I don't want to tell people what yogurt I'm eating or like what, you know? And, um, I think a lot of people probably thought that wasn't possible. You couldn't build a niche in that way, but I have been proving them wrong ever since. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I'm 10 years into blogging. And I think that so much of the beautiful things that God has done have stemmed from that simple project that I still keep up today. Like that's like my obedient act of just showing up to practice writing. And so I would like encourage anybody, you know, who is like, I want to be a writer. I want to be in this industry. It's like, well, then just start showing up to write and figuring out what you have to say and what God wants to say through you. And obviously that has morphed and evolved over time. But when I first started the blog, I really wouldn't consider myself to be a believer. If I was, it was kind of like, the very beginnings of that. Um, And so I've really learned a lot about myself and God through writing. Very cool. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of therapeutic. I actually, a friend of mine who doesn't consider herself a writer, but knows that she can express herself well with words, Hmm. was processing something in therapy and sent me a little blurb of what she wrote. And I was like, this is how you're going to get somewhere with what you're dealing Mm. with. Just keep writing. It's so therapeutic sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, I don't know why you're coming on my podcast and trying to at me with the be obedient and write every day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always say though, I'm like, it is the one field that I feel like we have so many people that are like, I want to write a book. I want to be a writer. And yet like we can talk so loudly about writing and we don't actually sit down to write. And I'm like, that doesn't work anywhere else. You can't say you want to be an Olympic swimmer and not get in the pool every single day. And so so we need to value the craft above everything else. I'm so passionate about that. I get like very like emotional because I'm like, if you could get into the writing seat, you would understand like, no, this is the best part. It's just sitting here and letting the words flow. And like, to me, it's like, this is the closest that I feel to God, you know? Absolutely. Oh, same. 100%. Yeah, sure. and, and I actually, sometimes those those words that come out in those moments too. You're like, I'm not fully confident those words were even mine. Sometimes. Mine, exactly. Yeah. Like somebody came up to me at a bound where you and I met. Oh yeah, and she was like, I 
I don't know what I am. Like, am I a writer? Am I a podcaster? Am I a YouTuber? Like, I don't know which one I should be. And I said to her, I was like, listen, like when I'm writing, I feel the closest to God, like closer to God than I ever felt possible. So like, why wouldn't I spend as much time as possible find get getting that feeling, you know? So like do the thing that makes you feel that way. Like that's the avenue to take. I love it. So you've been writing recently and you have a new book that is released when? It is coming out January 5th. January 5th. We're so close. (laughs) I know. I know. It's so exciting. So tell us a little bit about um, your new work and what inspired it. Why did you need to write this book? Yeah. So the book is called Fighting forward. And it really, gosh, why did I need to write it? There's so many reasons. Um, but really, if you wanted to know about the book in the nut, in a nutshell, um, it's really, it's different than any other book that I've written. It's not chronological. It doesn't follow my story. I simply wanted to pack a book full of power-packed essays for anyone that wanted to show up for their life, to move forward, to try new things, whatever that looked like. I think yes. we talk a lot about like running your race, but like, mm-hmm. what does that look like practically? And what happens when you stall out or you're too afraid to start? Or you don't know how yeah. to finish well. And so really it's all the words of encouragement that I could give somebody for any stage of your life where you feel like those words fighting for it are applicable to you. Yeah. And really where it came from was in 2014, when I was fighting against a really severe depression, mm-hmm. I remember having this moment where I, I looked around and I just thought to myself, like, I'm not fighting how I want to be fighting. And I was consistently showing up every day to encourage everybody around me, but like, I couldn't give those words to myself. And so mm-hmm. I went down to the drugstore, I bought a notebook, I wrote on the front of the notebook fight songs, and I just started writing words to what I believed would one day be a daughter. Because I thought, this is the only way to encourage myself is to dig deep and to think about somebody else who's close to me, not a reader on the internet, but somebody who would be like my own flesh, my own DNA, you know, and whatever I would tell her, why would I not tell those same things to myself? And so that's where the basis of fight songs came from is just wanting to write that encouragement, knowing that like we all encounter times in our lives where we feel like, I don't know if I can move forward. I don't, I don't know if this is the end, you know? And what are the words to get you out of that pit and back in the race? Oh, that is so helpful. I feel like this is probably a book for the season I am in. Yeah. That yeah. Feel, oh, yeah. Man, just kind of between COVID and then my mom has been in um, cancer treatment this year in oh, the midst wow. of COVID. I'm so sorry. And my husband had a job change. My daughter's applying for college. Like we've got a lot of big stuff going mm, on that can really yeah. distract. Yeah. And um, and so the word collected means to not be perturbed or distracted. And so wow, yeah. So I feel like the Lord is coming at me with mm. all the the lessons on staying focused and not being distracted. But the year has been a struggle to continue to fight forward. And this last few weeks, the Lord has consistently been saying, just keep moving, just keep Mm. moving. So So what would you say to me right now? I, you know, I know exactly what it is. Okay, so 
this is a part that's in the book, but it feels like it's so special for you. Okay. Um, I am somebody who is like perpetually always claiming that I'm going to become a runner. Like that's just my thing. And <laughs> I, I, I start, I fail, I start, I fail. Um, this time I'm sorry and I'm going to keep going, but, um, I love this Nike run app that I have because I like guided runs. I like when people talk to me while I'm running, other people hate that. I'm like, talk to me, just tell me things to keep me going. And I was listening to this one, um, run a few months ago and he started talking about endurance and about how like we get this idea of endurance wrong. And I'm like, yeah, of course I agree with that. Right. Like, what do you think of when you think of endurance? Do you keep moving? And the more you do it, the easier it becomes and the longer you can go. Right. You hustle, you flow, you grind, you make it happen. Right. So endurance actually means to remain in existence. That's all it means is to remain in existence. That's way easier. (laughs) Right? And I think sometimes we feel like we have to rule the day. We have to do all the things. You probably feel that pressure right now of like, I just got to keep it all together. When in actuality, sometimes it's just the matter of waking up and remaining in existence. And then thanking God for the little things that you do manage to do with his help, but not every day is about like, this was the most productive day of my life, right? Right. Like we're so quick to like cast ourselves down if we don't have those productive days, especially Mm -hmm. like at the height of a new year, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, well, if I don't hustle hard into this next year, then it's all going to be a waste. And it's like, well, what if it was something smaller? Like, what Mm -hmm. if it was something like, what if we were meant to stop in the chaos and see God moving and see God moving on our behalf, right? Yes, yes. That's crazy the way you just put that because I had found in my Facebook memories, the one thing Facebook is still good for is those memories. <laughs> those memories, <yeah. laughs> Um It's a, a, I wrote it, I don't know why, like nine years ago, there is nothing worth doing if it's not by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm, and I so can true. wake up and be and continue to exist by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if that's all I do in a day, listeners, if that's all you do in a day, then you you have won the day, so yeah, to speak. Absolutely. It's because like that you is by the have power to shift Spirit. it a little bit, but like, totally. you know, and I think it's like being able to be in that stillness and be okay with that. Like we don't like stillness, but like mm-hmm. it says right there in the Bible, like he be still, he's going to fight for you. Yes. And so that's where, yeah, I think that's where you're standing. I love it. Thank you. That's so helpful. We I've realized recently that I can 100% use every one of our podcast interviews as personal therapy. So I do appreciate hey, that. No, I that love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like they're very cathartic. Like you come off yeah. and you're like, whoa, like I should every go time. write or something. Every time, no doubt. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about being still just now. Yeah. And so and and also these these habits, building daily habits. So talk to me about the importance of rest and building those daily habits. Is that something that you speak to mm. in your book? Yes, absolutely. I speak about fighting for rest. And I think even like I wrote the book in 2019 and I don't think I even fully knew at that time like what does it look like to fight for rest? And um I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like these small habits and these small disciplines. And so for anybody that does want to like change their life in some capacity or insert more rest, I would encourage them to know like it's all in the small stuff. It's like, 
it's not an overnight thing. It's not like, okay, like take my running journey, for instance, I'm on my eighth run right now. And I, I didn't get to just lace up my shoes and go run a mile without walking. Like it doesn't work that way. You have to build up stamina and you have to build up consistency. And so Mm -hmm. it's the same for habits and discipline. And so when it comes to rest, I think we all need it. No one is above it. And that really rest and Sabbath, like they're a gift from God, you know, and we fail to see that so often. I started at the beginning of the year of last year. um, I started having a Sabbath where be one day of the week that I didn't work, that I was completely unplugged. And Mm -hmm. it was the most life giving thing for me. But I, I have to be honest, like in the pandemic, in this crazy news cycle, like Sabbath went out the window and I've recently been like, I need to bring it back. I've got to get back to it because like, God's not asking us to rest every single day, you know, like physically rest. Like he wants us to rest in him, but like it, it became so evident to me in that time that like, if I just picked one day to rest every, Mm -hmm. every week, the rest of my week would just be smoother and less turbulent and Mm -hmm. I would be less tired. And so gosh, I can't even stress like the importance of rest and and shutting off because like rest is not like turning on Netflix and like doing a Netflix binge. It's like being able to unplug and get off with God and, you know, be present to the people around you in your life and the experience of life. Yeah, that is so good. So are you familiar with the Enneagram? Yes, I am. What are you? What do you think I am? A three. I'm a I, so I'm a four wing three. Okay. Um, I feel a lot like I rage against my four tendencies. Like yeah. I used to be the one that was always very like somber, coffee mm-hmm. shops, like crying yeah. at the sappy movies. I still have that in me, but I feel right. like I just was like, oh, I think it maybe this is my theory. I feel like everybody reads their number. And it feels very unfavorable to Oh, yeah, them, super right? insulting every time. You're yep. like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm the worst number for sure. But everybody <laughs> else feels that way too. So yeah, yeah I'm yeah. a hard three wing. Yeah, I can sense that. Just your, um, the because the, I'm a three. So the struggle with rest. Mm, um, yep. The, like, I'm determined to be a runner. Like I've said, I'm yep. going to be a runner. So I'm going to be a runner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Make this happen, you know, and just everything that you've achieved in your, your work life as well. It just, I was just curious. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I definitely feel like if you like spend enough time with me, it's like, okay, like this girl, she's creative. I've always mm-hmm. only ever been creative. Your Instagram is amazing. Oh, thank you. I love it. But you want to know, like, I feel like, for so many years, I feel like people, like, they make comments about you if you are creative, if mm. you are an artist. It's always mm. this assumption that you're going to be this starving artist or that there's no <laughs> career path for you. Right. Or, like, that's cute. Like, you're going to be writing the next Harry Potter in your basement. Like, have fun with that. Right. And so I think it's a combination of, like, wanting to prove people wrong. Totally. But at the same time, like, I just remember, like, growing up watching my father provide for us and doing whatever he had to do to provide for us. And I just 
always wanted to make him proud. And so I think that's where a lot of it comes from is like Mm -hmm. wanting to make him proud. And what's so funny about him is that he reminds me often of like, like you already make me so proud. And like, I just want you to be happy, you know? But like, I think in my mind, I always interpret it as like, I need to prove that I'm doing something like for him to be proud. And so it's a combination pre, of all that Tana. stuff. That yeah. will preach right there. Like, there is nothing we need to do to make right, our and father that's the proud. Father right there. I know. And yeah. it's it takes a long time to undo yourself from that. I still yeah. feel like when it comes to me and God, I'm still trying to like hustle for my worth on some days. And I'm like, right. oh, no, no, no. Like he already delights in me. There's nothing that I can do. And so, right. and I'm sure you struggle with that too as a three, you know, oh, it's like- big time achievements are like, yeah, we love it, but. Right. Well, but then I'm also, I also struggle against this tendency or this story that I tell myself about my life, about quitting, about, about quitting before uh-huh. I can fail. Oh, that's Yeah. That's Isn't that deep. interesting? Yeah. yeah. So you talk about this, mm. uh, promise me you'll fail contract in your book. What is that about? Yeah. So it's a contract that I wrote originally for an intern of mine, the first intern that I brought on um, as a self-employed person, uh-huh. because I remember when my, my first like nine to five job at an organization, one of my job descriptions was that I was in charge of the intern program. Mm-hmm. And I watched so many interns come in and out and gain a ton of experience, but like they had to fill out all of this paper paperwork at the very mm-hmm. beginning. And I remember always thinking like, man, like I wish that there, like, I wish there was something to like set their minds at ease. It's already a stressful enough process, right? right? Like we already put so much pressure on ourselves to like enter a new role, succeed, do all the things. Right. And really what I have learned along the way in my own journey is that failure was really necessary, that we need totally. to fail. And that like, it's not failure if you're trying, if you've given it your best shot, it's not actually a failure. Like failure really means that like just something's not working and it needs to be rerouted, you know? Right. And so I really kind of had to change my definition and my perspective Mm -hmm. of what failure looked like so that I could fail a lot. And so I wrote this contract for my intern um, called Promise Me You'll Fail because I wanted her to know there was an open invitation to fail. I wanted her to fail. I wanted her Mm -hmm. to get it out of the way. I wanted her to do it again and again and again. And like, she still to this day talks to me about that failure contract. Um, And I've since extended it to my readers, but I think there's something really powerful about taking the fangs and the claws Mm -hmm. away from failure to say like, this is just a part of being human. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes too, I think when like when God gives us direction in our lives, this is so I I have a weekly email that I send out and there's always a yeah. pep talk. And that Love actually it. some of that came from you seeing how encouraging you are. I was like, I want to I want something encourage of people. That. Yes. Yes. And so um a few weeks ago the pep talk was um when you've changed course. Like this is for for you if you've felt like you've changed course, but you didn't get to finish what you started. And I think sometimes we can hold like the dream and the vision, Mm -hmm. like maybe God sets us in a direction and we think we know where we're going and we get ourselves really attached to that outcome. Mm -hmm. But then along the way, it was like, no, we needed you to go in this direction so that then we could go over here. 
But just yeah. because you never made it to this, this vision that you have, even if it was a godly vision of where you were going, doesn't mean that you're not still on his path. Right? And Absolutely. That, that is a really, really difficult process for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is something in your life that's been like that for you where you questioned the path that you were on or God diverted you and took you in a new direction unexpectedly? I mean, I think like many years ago, like I, not many, I make it seem like I'm like this old sage or whatever. Um, there was a time a few years ago where I went to a conference with my friend. And at this time I was like at the height of like my hustle, do it, go be successful, create a vision board, all the things, you know, um, I was, I was, Definitely feeling my three. Yeah. And uh, we had this one moment where they asked us to spread out across the room, lay down and envision your life five years from now. And I remember being like, can I go to the bathroom for this part? Like, I hate this. Like, I don't want to sit here on a carpet and envision my life. It doesn't feel like I'm actually doing anything proactive, right? Um. (laughs) But I lay there, I relent. I'm like, okay, I close my eyes and this clear picture came to me like immediately. And it was totally like you said, like totally not from me, totally God. Like no way that I planned this in my head. I didn't even have to think about it. It just was there. And I could see me and somebody else who I assumed was like my husband. And we were sitting in our kitchen and we were sitting on top of the countertop and I remember like lights, like Christmas lights, but like I kind of knew like it wasn't Christmas. We'd just never taken the lights down. Um, And the whole kitchen was just like soaked in this glow and it was just the two of us, but then people started coming in and out and we were surrounded by people. Like we had this like community all around us and I'm not kidding you. I started weeping, like ugly crying because this would not have been the thing I told you that I wanted, that I thought was valuable, that I thought I needed. Um, At this point, I hadn't yet moved to Atlanta. So I had no clue that this is where like God was taking me. But in that moment, I remember thinking to myself like, oh my gosh, like I have not set myself up for this life, like the things that I'm doing, the path that I'm on, like it's not leading here. And so I need to shift directions because I really felt like God had given me that vision and it felt so empty to think, okay, the way that I'm hustling is not leading towards that. And that's where I'm like, it's totally okay to pivot directions, to change course, to, to realize something isn't working. So like, let's try something else out because his plan is guaranteed to be like so much better than what we plotted for ourselves. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, that's beautiful. So yeah, it's like, and and now I look at my life and I'm like, wow, like I'm in that house. I'm with that person. I have that life, but like, (sighs) it wasn't an overnight thing and it wasn't a perfect thing. And like, life is never going to be perfect, but like brick by brick, I showed up to lay those bricks and build that foundation for this life. And that is going to mean sacrifice. And yeah. I think we don't like to talk about sacrifice, but like, yeah. you know, uncomfortable. it's too uncomfortable. And it's like, well, something is going to have to die for something else to be born. And yeah. like, don't be so resistant to that because you don't even know that like the things that are going to be born, like could be so much more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Oh man. So with 
if somebody is sitting in that spot right now mm-hmm. and they've realized that something something needs to die so that something yep. new can be reborn or be be born <laughs> yeah what do you say to them to help them take those first steps and actually start I think you need to get really clear with what does that first step actually look like, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like the way that I look at it is like New Year's resolutions, right? Yep. We all get excited for the new year. We're like, yeah, I'm going to be a different person at the strike of midnight, right? Yes, you're three. Totally. You know. I love you're New Year's. Like me, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to set financial goals, relationship goals, community goals, faith goals, hustle goals, all of it. Yep. So what I would tell somebody is that if, if you all of a sudden feel like, oh my gosh, this is not this is not the life that I wanted. This is not the direction I was going to be taking. Like, I'm not who I want to be right now. Yeah. I would just tell them to look at one of those areas that they want to change. Just one, whether that is health, whether that is faith, whether that for me, in that case, it was relationships. Like I needed to learn to plant down roots if I ever was going to have a life full of relationships. Yes. And then I would go even more narrow to say, what is one thing I can start doing tomorrow that isn't huge? It's not monstrous. It's not like sit down and write a book, but like, what is something I can do tomorrow that's manageable? And then try to spend the next month doing that thing as much as you possibly can. And so I know that that's really practical, but I think sometimes when we get really inspirational, like we forget like to teach people to build their own fires, right? Right. And so it's like, you want to be a healthier person? Like instead of saying, I'm going to run a marathon, that's a great big goal, but like maybe you don't run at all, you know? It's like, okay, what's one thing you can start doing tomorrow? Like, well, I could start adding more spinach to my diet, right? Like that's something that I can do throughout the next month that at the end of the month, it's going to mean I was healthier this month than I was last month. It means action. You know, we can set our intentions all day long, but we have to actually take action and start moving. Yeah. That's so so true. Well, Hannah, we're running out of time. So as we kind of wrap up, tell me what, if you, if you only have this one chance to speak to our listeners, what is the message that the Lord has put on your life to share that you want to be sure gets out? Mm. Gosh, gosh, that's like the biggest like existential crush question, (laughs) right? Um, gosh, what do I want people to know right now? Um, like for my whole entire life or like right now? No, I mean, just like the message the Lord has given you that you want to be sure people know about who he is, about who they are. Yeah. I mean, I think what I want people to know more than anything, and this is something that took me a long time to grasp onto, is that like his promises are for you. They don't exclude you in any way. And so any promise that you find in the Bible, that is yours for the taking. Like you may have to repeat that to yourself. You may have to rehearse that to yourself until you actually believe it. Mm -hmm. But like those promises are yours. It's not like these promises for other people, but not for me, you know? And so it's like, I think that if you want to grow stronger in your view of God and your view of yourself, like take hold of his promises, like not Mm. some like self-help, self-love juju, but like the promises that you can stand on that like they're for you to fight forward into everything that God has for you because he has good for you. Yes. A. 
Amen. Okay, Amen. so this is crazy. My word this year is promise. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> so look at that. Yeah. So two things that I've learned about promises mm-hmm. this year. So his promises always speak to his character. So listeners, Hannah's 100 spot on. His promises yeah. say who he is and how he is, and so cling to them. They are for you. Yeah. They are for all of his children. Amen to that. And secondly, we have a role to play in his promises. There are so many places in the Bible that say, if you dot, 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 I will dot, dot, dot. So some, mm. it's not, not all promises are contingent, but sometimes we do have a role to play in seeing his promises play out in I our life. That. Obedience is, is imperative if we want to see God's promises shine in our lives. And so thank you so much for that. That was the, that was exactly what I needed to hear closing out this year. It's new year's Eve. My word was promise. I feel like that I is love that. Look absolutely that. perfect. So but thank you so, so much. That's so true. What you said though, that idea of like, there is a role to play. And so it's like, I think especially as we're walking into a new year, like mm-hmm. it can be, it can be so easy for us to feel like God is not moving in our lives. Like nothing is happening. It's happening for everybody else. And I would just be like, put down the phone and go live your life. Life is not a spectator sport. And so like you need to show up and you need to do. And like, I'm not telling you to like hustle your way into anything, but I am telling you that like, I think God honors when we actually physically show up to those promises. When we say, okay, like I'm going to step outside today. I'm going to be there for my neighbors. Like I'm going to fill in the gaps where you need me to fill in the gaps. Like that requires something of us. So I love that. Like we got to show up. That's right. That's good. Well, friends, be sure to go and grab Hannah's new book, Fighting Forward. You're going to want this book in hand so you can highlight and take notes. And it's a really pretty book. You need to be able to see it too. So (laughs) I love (laughs) the cover. Thank you so much for being with me today, Hannah. I really loved getting to chat with you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Wow, what a good conversation and such a powerful way to start out the next year. Yes. Um, Some things that stood out to me as I was listening, I couldn't actually be there for the interview, but I got to listen back. And when she was talking about moving to Atlanta and how it was hard and lonely, but she was so thankful she stayed, Mm -hmm. I think that really struck me the power of staying put even when it feels challenging or even when it's not what we expected. If we feel that the obedient thing is to stay. Now, I'm not saying it's always right to stay. Sometimes, you know, God's calling us to something new and to to move again. Um, But when you know in your spirit that you are supposed to stay regardless of the challenges you're facing, I think there's tremendous power in that. Um, And to see the Lord show up when it's hard can be so rewarding and can be such a a a kind of pivotal time in your life Mm -hmm. where you see God show up in in new ways, um, just like Hannah did. And so that was really encouraging. Just that reminder that it's not always easy, but sometimes we have to remain. She talked about the idea of of endurance to remain Mm. in existence. So sometimes remaining in the Lord 
is all we can do. Um, and just kind of recognizing our place in him and rest in him. Mm-hmm. Um, listeners, if you're yeah. looking for a 2021 word, maybe it's one of those. <laughs> yes, no doubt. If any of that, as you were listening, yeah. kind of struck you. It, um, it really encouraged me personally, mm-hmm. you know? I felt like she was speaking directly, you know, to me, like, continue existing. (laughs) Not not like, you know, even so much personally, but as a ministry, like, keep going, keep pressing forward into 2021. And friends, we are just two days away from our 2021 reset. And if you are looking for uh, a a way to to get intentional in the coming year and to transition out of 2020 with hope, with your sights set on the kingdom and on God's will for your life and serving others in your daily life um, and becoming well in heart, mind, body, and spirit so that you can love others well in Jesus' name, then this free online event is literally for you. Yes. <laughs> we are yes. doing this for you, listeners and followers, because we just believe that the Lord has so much in store for us if we will step into it. So we hope mm-hmm. that you will click the link in our show notes to go ahead and register, and we'll send you the annual review process package so you can get started on that and we can all dig in deeper together in just two days, January 2nd, so this Saturday. And as we close, there was one more thing that stood out that I kind of want to leave you with this year. And it's when Hannah said, show up to write. And Mm. in my notes, I wrote, show up to blank because for Hannah, it's writing. That's the thing Mm -hmm. that makes her feel close to the Lord. It's her passion. It's her, um, you know, the thing that keeps her going. Yeah. But for me, it's not writing. Um, Mm -hmm. and for some of you, it might not be writing. So show up to blank. What is your blank? What is it that God is asking you to show up to? in the new year. Um, maybe it's your family. Maybe it's some sort of job or passion or um, maybe something even small that you're trying to accomplish. But what is that blank for you? And maybe That's write good. that down somewhere to remind yourself that that act of showing up to that thing is really your act of worship to the Lord and honoring mm. Him with the gifts and talents and passions He's uniquely given you this year. Um, so that's my challenge to round out this year. Um, show up to whatever it is God has given you. Yes. Happy New Year, friends. Happy New See Year. See you Saturday. Yay. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com slash thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as a dollar a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, giveaways, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.